and welcome to today's podcast. A really enjoyable guest today, uh, someone you know probably pretty well. He's worked at WTOL for 12 years. Ryan Weekman, meteorologist in the morning uh, on Channel 11 and Fox is in for a visit, but we're not going to talk meteorology until the second half of the episode. First half is all about something that he has been integral for. Um, He was part of the group that got going the inclusive playground in Perrysburg. And I'll let Ryan explain why, what was the catalyst between uh, b- with him for that being such a passion. And now they've moved on to creating one in BG. And will there be more to come? Um, we will not find out what this winter will be like, but other parts that fascinate me about Ryan's job and what he geeks out on and things that he gets excited about for what he does, including waking up in the middle of the night to start his day or his morning. First, I thought we were going to do this today, but I'm going to wait for maybe some guests and grab a little bit more info. Um, A tipping discussion always gets kind of feisty. I've told you before, I'm an over-tipper. Uh, and when I say over, I go over 20%. Uh, if I have incredible service, I will super tip. But I'm I'm definitely like 25, 30%. I've told you before, if I have lousy service, I'll still tip well, hoping that maybe that person just had a, a rotten day and me giving them a, a good tip will spin them in the right direction for everybody else. Um, I think it's time to have the discussion. Should you do tablet tipping? And I'll just throw this out there. Think about it. We'll come back to it tomorrow. For instance, um, when I go to Panera every day, I do the SIP club. Um, When I go through the tablet, it asks me if I want to tip. Um, Other places, local coffee shops, it often asks the same thing. Unless you go to my social media, uh, you're going to have to wait for tomorrow's podcast to hear my answer. Now you get to hear a great discussion by some of you who have watched on TV for a very, very long time. Ryan Weekman from WTOL. At long last, it took me too long to throw the invite out, but I'd like to welcome uh, meteorologist and so much more, uh, Ryan Weekman, to this episode. Good to see you. Thanks for visiting. Great to see you as well. Good to be here. I'm, I was excited when I got the invitation. <sighs> I'm glad you didn't take offense if anybody ever told you I called this on air, but I told you this as well when we did the Ability Center event. Uh, these things are called the Weekman. <laughs> I think you you gave it that nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ryan's here mostly to talk about uh, inclusive playgrounds. Um, you were the one, or and I don't ever I don't want to dismiss anybody on your team. So if you want to shout them out by all oh, means, I will, yeah. but we all know the tall guy with the shovel from the news, as opposed to some with of a the bow others. Tie. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, the the Perrysburg Inclusive Playground that was mm-hmm. a, a project of yours. Now what maybe three years ago that started up? Yeah, about three years ago we started it up. Uh, we took our son uh, Grant, who was two at the time. Uh, he has a genetic condition, and he wanted to go to a playground like two year olds want to do. Uh, he uses a walker to get around now a wheelchair but uh, he took that thing out onto one of the playgrounds in Perrysburg where we live and we found out very quickly that traditional playgrounds are not meant for most kids with special abilities so we had to help them around and so we decided 
we're going to build some playgrounds. So yeah, it's been about a three-year process, and uh, we're working on some more. And I, and I will come back to this, but I call it the Weekman because there's one coming to to BG Carter Park, right? Yep, that's well, going to be our second one. Uh, don't go there yet. I'm I won't. Go, can I go back to Grand? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about a little bit about Grand. So he has a really rare genetic condition called Schaff Yang syndrome. Only about. 200 kids in the world that we know of have this condition. Um, and so um, it just leads to gross motor skills being a little bit behind his peers, um, just needing help, uh, stability, coordination, all of that. And so that's why he uses that walker to help get around. Now he uses a wheelchair. And he's a very happy kid, but he's very independent <laughs> in what in what way um like any other well then two-year-old now five six-year-old now he wants to you know run away from mom and dad he okay. wants to do his own thing uh he sees what all of his friends are doing he wants to do the same thing and that sense and fierce independence is what led to us wanting to start to do this project because we were holding his hand and helping him go up the stairs on the playground helping him go down slides he hated it. He would slap our hands away. He saw what everybody else was doing. He wanted to run around like every other kid. He just wasn't able to do it. Essentially, we had an umbilical cord of our hands still holding on to him. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you. And it's interesting. I figured the answer would be no when he was just about two back then when this when this all began. Did he recognize or understand that he was different from other kids? He's very aware. I mean, he doesn't No, He doesn't view himself different from other kids. He just didn't want your hands on him while the other kids were running around. Well, the other kids don't have their parents' hand right. on him. So in that sense, yeah. he saw something was different. And he's like, I'm not down with this. Yeah, like, get away from me. Uh, I'm a cool kid. Um, so <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about about Grant now, um, and and this condition, and what yeah. it might be similar to, and what it's like being a parent in that situation. So the, again, it's a it's a really rare genetic condition. It's uh, kind of within the subset of a more well known condition, which is Prater Willi. Prater Willi is the deletion of one of your chromosomes, um, and it's a little bit easier to test for. His is a mutation of a chromosome, and the way it was kind of described to us by doctors who are way smarter than us, um, a deletion of a chromosome would be like if you had a library and each of your chromosomes was a row of books, one of those books or the rows would just be missing, right? And that would be a missing chromosome. He has, if you took one of those books, you looked inside of it, you went to one of the chapters, went to one of the sentences, one of the words is misspelled. And you'd never know. You would never know. Yeah. Now with modern day genetic testing, you can test those things out. And to take it even a step crazier, I have within me the exact same mutation that he does. But because of the way that DNA works, mine's on the maternal side, his is on the paternal side. Sure. His is turned on, mine's turned off. So it's really wild when you get down into the weeds of it. Did uh, when when you were going through this with with doctors, mm -hmm. did they want to like walk back some of their scientific jargon? And you're like, listen, buddy, I'm a meteorologist. <laughs> Throw all the four syllable words you want at me. The nice part is, is uh, this was a recently discovered mutation, and so there were scientific papers and everything out on it. I'm like, let's hit the print button. Let's do this, baby. And you so, understood it. <laughs> I don't know if I completely understood it, but I I get how scientific papers are written, and there was a lot of googling. I'm very very good at Googling. <laughs> you and everybody. Yeah. And so just like with most parents, when their their kids either come up with an illness or anything else, you kind of become a mini expert at yeah. it. Um, and so um, it's just something he's going to be living with for the rest of his life. He's a very happy kid, uh, very typically developing cognitive, which is fantastic. Um, he's in kindergarten now. Um, he's having a great time. He loves it, takes the bus to and from school, um, loves recess. He says his favorite uh, thing he does at school every day is lunch. 
I've asked him. So, I mean, what kid doesn't that, love lunch? That was yeah. our answer, too. <laughs> yeah. um, so, is, is there any issues for him down the road that you have to keep an eye on? He will live a long yeah. life as a very smart kid? That's what we're hoping. Um, as much as he can, you know, following in my footsteps anyway. Right. But, uh, yeah, as far as we know, the oldest kid that has it is about 19 years old right now. Um, and to be quite honest, he's one of the lucky ones with the condition. A lot of the kids have feeding tubes and other things. He, from that standpoint, has been very healthy. He doesn't, knock on wood, doesn't get sick sick very often so um from that standpoint we've been very very fortunate Good. what's his favorite tv show or like character oh man well he's getting into pokemon now okay. yeah he loves that he loves spider-man all the superhero stuff uh he's very into dinosaurs he, he can tell you about 500 different types of dinosaurs i didn't even know existed um planets space Typical he's, such a, he's such a boy five is a great age yeah five, five when i have dated people with a, a kid that age or have friends yeah. it is the best age because they they don't want to they're not in their, that pre-teenage where they don't want anything to do with you they're getting into things that i like and i'm just a big kid as well so enjoy it he sounds like a great kid he absorbs everything too yeah he's, does he's he, yeah you don't have salty language but does he repeat some of those <laughs> things where did you hear that grant he says the he likes to say funny things like um holy smokes or he'll say like uh, i caramba or you know, just stuff like that that it's like where did you even hear that and he's like Oh, I just say it. This, so. this old show called The Simpsons was on. <laughs> um, or we'll move on from Grant. I just wanted to paint the picture of why you decided to be so so passionate about this. Mm -hmm. So tell me how the, the Perrysburg Playground came about, like the very beginning of it. Obviously, you did the origin story of I wanted Grant to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. What'd you do after that? We went home. Um, this is my wife, Kaylee's doing to some extent as well. She, um, she's like, we got to come up with something. We can do something where he can play and all of his friends can play with him. Like what can we come up with? And we had a few different ideas. There's a great, great place. A uh, shout out to the, uh, Finley, uh, children's museum down in Finley. They have an indoor, really cool, imaginative play space down there in the Finley mall. And we're like, maybe we could do something like that. And we're like, no, like we don't want to, and we're like, boy, taking on you know a not-for-profit that's not a small task nope. if we wanted to start building this from scratch but we're like listen we got a two-year-old by the time he's four and five he's really going to want to be playing at playgrounds um we got to give him a space in his community where he can go play with his friends so that when they want to have parties um you know just get togethers he has this space to enjoy and so it kind of just set us off on a mission of building a playground that all kids can play at. Was was this endeavor, and is it a nonprofit now? Is it? Yes, a we are officially a not-for-profit. Um, we were originally using the not-for-profit uh, of the Woodlane uh, Foundation, and Bowling Green graciously let us get off the ground and kind of put our money, because, you know, if people want to donate, it needs sure. to be a not-for-profit. Um, now we're our own separate. Wood County Plays not-for-profit. Awesome. Um, can you describe what makes this playground inclusive? I'm sure there are some parents... And, and it's just, uh, I don't want to call it ignorance, but they, they just don't know. You would think playgrounds, all kids can play on them, but that's yeah. not necessarily the case. Well, the sad part is from a municipality standpoint too, mulch is by ADA standards, it is officially classified as ADA compliant. Anybody who has ever used mulch is knows with a walker, wheelchair, any mobility device, 
it doesn't work. Like, yeah. It doesn't work. And I get it. So the number one thing we wanted to figure out from Grant's perspective was to make it accessible, right? So we wanted the ramping features up to get to the slides. We investigated and found out there's the surfacing called poured rubber. It's kind of almost spongy-like when you step on it. Yeah. Uh, so it helps if uh, kids fall. It, it has absorption factor Which to it. Which is good for any kid or actually any adult. Yeah, when you're as clumsy as I am, <laughs> it's been very useful. Yeah. Um, and it also is accessible because it's flat and smooth. So yeah. it kind of fits fits both molds there. But I think what we were most surprised about was we wanted to take this and allow all kids to use it. A playground that's truly inclusive is much more than just being accessible. Um, I remember the first week we were trying to put this group together, uh, me and Kaylee made some phone calls. The Wood County Board of Developmental Disabilities kind of gave us a few names of families who might be interested potentially in helping us out. Um, and we called um, a lady by the name of Erica Hogue, and um, she has a wonderful, wonderful family and boys. And um, she, as we were explaining, hey, we want to start this not-for-profit and we want to build an inclusive playground, uh, she told this incredible story of what happened just a week before of one of her sons who is living with autism uh, ran away. He got excited on the playground and he literally just ran off the playground. And she said, we need fencing on these playgrounds. I can't keep up. Um, and he ran, the, the boy ran into traffic mm. and thankfully was was rescued by a good Samaritan. Um but she said, we need to have fencing around these playgrounds. And it got our mind going, oh my goodness, this is much more than just a playground that's accessible. We could build this playground for all special needs families and all typically developing families as well. Kids, so a light bulb went Kids off. without special needs or disabilities run, make bad decisions all the time. I mean, <laughs> yes. Do you remember, you remember when we were kids and a ball rolled out into the street? We didn't look. You we just, just went, went for it. We just went. So the fence makes sense. Was there... Is this a unique idea? I know you mentioned the fin Finley Indoor uh, yeah. thing. It, are there inclusive playgrounds in other parts of the country where you could kind of borrow some ideas from? Well, we did. So we we originally were thinking about the Finley Children's Museum, but on the other side of town, they actually had built an inclusive playground because they have a miracle field uh, for baseball there, which for those who don't know, it's essentially a poured rubber surface, again, for children of all needs to be able to play baseball. It's a national organization, Miracle League, and typically they build play grounds right next to that as well. So we had been down there a couple times um, and those people were so gracious and they kind of gave us their roadmap for how they came about building this playground, kind of the the strategic uh, fundraisers and all of that. Um, and it really helped us get off the ground. What's some, when the Perrysburg one opened, what were we talking, was this in 21 it opened up? It would have opened Still 22, right? Yeah, yeah. 22. I no. can't keep track of what yours. We opened officially July 31st of 2022. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. 21. 21. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thank wow. You. There we go. There, there we go. go. I know. COVID has messed up our calendar. This is what happens head. when you become a parent. There's too many dates. <laughs> we're moving into the middle. Next, we're moving into the middle of the third decade of the 21st century. That's scary. Um, what was some of the feedback that you got? Not the, oh, this is great. Like the ones that have stayed with you and kind of like touched your soul. And like the reason, like this is why we did this. When you hear a child go down the zip line shrieking pure joy <laughs> because it's not a zip line that has your typical rope swing on it. It has a bucket seat on it. And they're for the first time able to get that adrenaline rush that all of us other kids got to enjoy. 
that's a really special moment. Um, that's a really special one. Um, when you see the moments where, again, we built this playground designed for typically developing children to still have fun as well, when you see them helping and being engaged with maybe some of their peers who need a little extra help, and some of them, quite honestly, are engaging for the very first time with children who have special needs, it unlocks a door in our community that's going to get built upon. And this is just the foundation. They're going to go through life with better understanding that children, their peers, are developing at different stages. It's uh, it's interesting to juxtapose this. I do a bunch of work with the Ability Center and, and the Think Differently initiative. Think Differently. We're trying to get people whose brains have already been fortified, like, like you and I. Um, but we're trying to have them think differently, whereas these kids kids without special needs interacting with kids like Grant, they'll grow up and go, these are just kids. They, they look a little different, but they're doing all the same things. And they won't have those those biases that we're trying to change. And when they go to a place that is not as ADA compliant, like a, a store or a house or other things, we've started to hear comments. I've heard this from my niece and nephew and other things. They're like, well, that's not fair. Grant can't use that. Yep. And, yeah. they, and, and it's just a part of their brain that's unlocked that wasn't potentially before. It just gets more critical thinking skills to allow you know everybody to participate. Who's paying for all this? <sighs> a lot of very generous people. It's not your massive meteorologist salary? It, unfortunately, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. If it was, I'd build even more of these. Yeah. I really would. Um, we've had very, very generous donors. Our big one in Perrysburg, Mercy Health, from the get-go, we uh, brought up this idea to them, and they were a tremendous partner to us. But um, we had over 350 families in Perrysburg donate to this playground. Um, it's not cheap. It cost somewhere in the neighborhood of about $770,000. Wow. I would have guessed a zero less than that. What What's the majority of the cost? The rubber? So the rubber is about $22 a square foot. So it's a 14,000 square foot space, that playground. That's about a quarter of a million dollars just in poured rubber that goes into that. The equipment, because we have very innovative equipment there as well. We have your traditional slides and swings. We have the zip lines. We have giant rope climbing courses as well. But we also have imaginative houses where kids can, you know, play house, pretend to drive a fire truck off of it as well. We really tried to think of all age groups. Uh, to be able to play together. One of our coolest features also is a merry-go-round that is wheelchair accessible. You can literally wheel a wheelchair into it, lock it, and an accessible, you can either use your hands to turn it or another user can use their their legs to push it around and around. So it's it's really innovative, top-of-the-line stuff. So great to have families in Mercy and fundraisers as well help out with all of this? Yeah, so we had like two big fundraisers. Uh, one is your traditional, you know, silent auction, mm -hmm. sit-down dinner fundraiser. But we wanted to, to find an innovative way to get as many families involved as we could. So we've started our rubber duck drop. Uh, we did it this last yeah. spring in Bowling Green. And so for five bucks, very cheap. Anybody can participate. You buy one of these little rubber ducks. Uh, this past year, we had Bowling Green Fire Department host it, hoist it up in one of their big ladder trucks, and you drop 2,500 rubber ducks onto a target, and there's prizes for the winners. People have been very generous donating some of that prize money back, helping us out as well. But um, it's just a really fun, cool way to, to kind of get all families involved. Who, who builds it? I, I, I'm, I know you do the, the shovel uh, for, <laughs> for the, the launch of everything, yeah. but it's just like local contracting companies and whatnot. We have uh, Miller Brothers was a tremendous partner of ours in Perrysburg. Uh, Jim Palmer Excavating down in Bowling Green. They do the heavy lifting 
interesting when it comes to site prep because both of them had retaining walls by uh, Turner Concrete, which uh, generously donated the material for those those walls that are at both of the playgrounds. Um, because um, we wanted to think really innovative as well. Um, when you were a kid and you went to a playground, where was your like number one spot if you went to a new playground? Where are you going to? The slide so I could burn the back of my legs. <laughs> you want to go to the tallest point, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what all kids want to do. The problem with that is to be as accessible as possible, you have to use ramping to get up to the tallest point. It takes a lot of room to do that. So we came up with the idea of let's put in a retaining wall build a sidewalk that goes up beside it because it's cheaper to do that than to build this playground ramping to go five, six, seven feet up into the air. So now any user in any, in any mobility device can get to the very top of the playground, which is the coolest part of the playground um, because we don't want a place where kids that aren't using those devices can go run and hide and say, you know, nan, nan, boo, boo, you know what I mean? Like we want everybody to get to all levels. So having partners in construction have been huge for us, but as far as putting together the playgrounds, we do it with a community build. We have members of our own cities, uh, about 150 in Perrysburg, about 150 in BG with our hands. It's like a giant Ikea set on steroids. You put it together. Uh, what, what's the progress like uh, at the Carter Park location for the for the second, the Weekman? <laughs> uh, very good. So we are good. officially done putting up equipment. Great. Uh, we're done with the sidewalks. And over the course of the next few weeks here, um, we're going to be getting the poured rubber put in. So uh, yet this year, we will be opening, again, knock on wood, uh, the second truly all-inclusive playground uh, in Wood County. You'll have it done before the end of this calendar year? Yeah. Um, and I guess as long as the weather cooperates, kids can be out there? Yeah, so we'll have a we'll have a grand opening uh, when that happens. The poured rubber will take about two weeks to to install. We're guesstimating. Biggest thing is we need temperatures to stay mild overnight. I don't know. You know anybody who can help us out with that? No. Okay. No, I don't. I've <laughs> I've seen people tweet you, and you clearly have no idea what you're doing according to them. I promise I've never heard that joke before. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. I I meant um like will the, is the playground like yeah. the, the Perrysburg one? Yeah, is it Can kids go out there on a yeah. sixty degree November day? Oh yeah. Okay, great. You can go out there with a foot of snow. It's all good. <laughs> That's on you, right? You can go down the slide and have some fun with it. Oh awesome. yeah, it's it's a um so what we do as as an organization, we build it, we fundraise for it. And then we turned it over to the city of Perrysburg. So it's a public park now. Got it. Bowling Green's going to be the exact same way. We're building it. We're finishing it off. And then we're turning the keys over to the city of Bowling Green. So these are essentially community gifts to the community. Uh, two final questions. Um, can any of this go into schools? Have schools approached you to take some of this or take some of these ideas, pick your brain? That might be our next step. Oh, you don't want to talk about that? No, we can. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but we haven't really talked about it. But it's a it's a goal of mine um, to take these fundamental ideas and start to include them into schools as well. Obviously, to build a truly inclusive playground like what we have at Perrysburg or BG, that's very cost prohibitive. I'm not you know, smaller saying that. But version. you can build smaller and you can build smarter as well. It doesn't have to be, you know, the the luxury uh, Lamborghini version right. of the playgrounds. You can have the Jeep version. Exactly. Well, Jeep's pretty good. We like Jeep. A lesser uh, Jeep. A 2004 <laughs> Jeep. Uh, the other question was, so... What, what's after BG? Is there? Do you have another place in mind? Can you talk about whatever that might be? We're not sure yet. Um, I mean, again, this is a parent-run organization. I still obviously have a full-time job. My my summer has looked like working from three o'clock in the morning to uh, you know noon most days, and then heading over and and working on a playground all afternoon. So our organization's a little bit 
burned out right now after two playgrounds in two years, uh, but we're very successful. We're probably going to take the next few months, regroup a little bit. Let's get through the holidays. We don't have any definitive plans right now, but we do have ideas that potentially could include elementary schools. It could include other community partners as well. We've been getting a lot of communities in and outside of Wood County um, that have expressed interest in wanting to partner with us. You have to trademark and franchise it immediately. Which one? The Weekman. The weak men. Yeah, yeah. You said people are reaching out from all over. So I don't know who else would want that trademark. But. No. Well, we'll call it the Grand. Um, last question as far as this: How can people find out more other than just going Wood County Plays? Yeah, wcplays.org. We have a website, um, and there's all sorts of information on there. Pictures of the playgrounds. If you've been hearing about this in the community, the playgrounds, and thinking, "Boy, I got to get to that," I'm telling you. For the kids, it's like going to an amusement park. My son and other kids have spent two to three hours out on this playground before. And the best part is, is parents, if you want to, we have benches set up. You just sit there. There's a fence around the whole playground. The kids aren't going anywhere. Right. You sit back, have a blast, let them burn themselves out. They're going to sleep well that night. So it's a fun time, too. So community show over. Uh on to some other podcast things. Okay. How, uh, how have you adjusted to the new hours? I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult, honestly. Um, I'm an old man at heart, so, so go to going to bed at 8 o'clock isn't yeah. too bad. So what time do you get up? Uh, I get up somewhere between 2 and 3, depending how difficult the forecast is going to be. I would say, what what does your morning look like? What morning would entail like when <laughs> normal people wait? So what does the middle of your night look like So getting yeah, ready for work? Yeah, I kind of get up, roll out of bed, <laughs> and just uh, start forecasting. So, you know, it takes 30 to 60 minutes, depending on the day to forecast. We have our morning meetings, putting together graphics. Um and then all through the morning on the shows. I mean, we go from 4.30 to 9 a.m. straight through uh, on CBS and Fox for our morning show. It's about 52 hits every single morning. So you got to kind of find uh, interesting ways to kind of say the same forecast over right. and over again. Yeah. Uh, what What's something that somebody asks you that you simply can't answer when it comes to your job or forecasting? What's the winter going to be like? Oh, dear. I figured it might be that. Yeah, or what, I, I'm, already getting, I'm already getting the, hey, I have a wedding next summer. And they give you a specific date. And um, so if anybody out there is listening and is curious, um, let's just say they say, what's July 19th look like? I always answer the same way. I'm like, sunny, about 82. Right. Just make them happy. Has anybody ever come back to you and said, I was supposed to get married and you said sunny in 82 and it rained? Uh, no, but I can tell you a story about my wedding. Please. Uh, my pastor put us on the spot about a year out when me and my wife got engaged, uh, and in front of the whole congregation. And he goes, so what's the weather going to be like? And I'm like 81 and sunny, you know, my typical line, it ended up being 80 degrees and sunny on the wedding day. So he, he, he shouted that out during the ceremony of the wedding. So I appreciate it. You, you are a prophet. I got lucky. <laughs> well, there's that too. What do you What do you like most about your about doing your job? I like the unpredictability of it. I like to joke and say job security. You know, if the weather, everybody wants 72 and sunny all year long. But if it was that way, I'd be out of a job in a hurry. Uh, so are the yeah. I, when I lived when I lived and worked in Orlando after coming from Detroit and Philadelphia. Uh, I said, do you have any kind of specific weather mechanics? Like, we don't do the weather here. It's the same thing every day. In Orlando? Yeah. Well, La- I, and lazy, if there was, lazy bums. Uh, yeah. San Diego <laughs> makes more sense, though. That's so. where you go to retire in the yeah. weather business. So uh, so the unpredictability of it, like, in, in what sense do you mean? Because, I mean, you are looking ahead a little bit. So yeah. give me an example of something unpredictable. So I love winter storms because a, a change of <laughs> 10 to 20 miles makes a huge difference. It's stuff that gives you gray hair, but I think it's wildly fascinating. 
getting severe weather. All of it is really fascinating because we can tell you in the grand scheme of things like, you know, four or five days from now, hey, we got to watch this storm really fast. But something as simple as a morning bank of fog or um, uh, a lake that didn't freeze over exactly the right way we were expecting can deviate a storm and change its path even by a little bit. You know, I could say, hey, we're going to get five inches of snow here in Toledo. Let's say we get one inch, but Monroe County gets five inches of snow. People here in Toledo are, nice job, weatherman. You know, it's like, okay, but in the grand scheme of things, it only moved like seven miles, okay? So I I love the challenge of that. Um, When, looking back to the hurricane last week, I saw some, how much interest locally is there for that type of stuff? I think there's a lot. Um, you know, it's a little tough because we hear about a lot of hurricanes, and I think it was really hard to press home the magnitude of the disaster that was about to unfold. Um, and so uh, the morning of, I was trying to hit it really hard, and and some of our people in the newsroom were like, you made me think the hurricane was coming here. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I didn't mean to do that, but I was trying to impress. There's a lot of people who have family that lives down there, or yeah. everybody's, almost everybody has vacationed at some point or knows somebody in that area. Um, so when you're seeing some of the damage, you're like, wait, I, I vacationed there last year, 10 years ago. I know that exact spot. So I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, when you get up in the morning, like what are the biggest challenges to doing your job? Waking than, up. Well, really? <laughs> um, you said a couple of, a couple yeah. of seconds ago, yeah. uh, you like severe weather. Yeah. Does anybody ever push back on that saying, you you like tornadoes, of course, because tornadoes tear down houses and like uproot people's lives. Yeah, they do. Um, I don't like the destruction of them, but I'm fascinated by the power of of nature. In so many ways, we've conquered nature to a certain degree, right? We've taken a great black swamp we live in, and now it's a super highway that we build cities on. I mean, 200 years ago, this was one of the most forbidable, inhospitable places east of the Mississippi River, and now we just zip around it on I-75 and 280. Weather is something that no matter what you do, you can go build a giant wall on the west side of Toledo if you want to. It's going to knock it right on down. Yeah. So so the fact that we are still powerless to stop the weather is maybe something I'm uh, fascinated about in some way, shape, or form. And I try to also calm the fears of, of people. You know, so many times we're worried about tornadoes, and we need to have a healthy respect for tornadoes. But the fact is, we average one violent tornado every 10 years in Northwest Ohio. So if you think about that, that violent tornado is on the ground for one to five miles. Okay. The probability of your house getting hit is infinitesimally small by a tornado. You could live here for a thousand years and you're still unlikely to get hit by a tornado. It obviously does happen to unfortunate uh, homes and people, but, um, it's not like we live in Tornado Alley or something here. And, and people will and do criticize you mm-hmm. making you they hype. Will, hype. Yeah, they will say, <laughs> you made me think these happen all the time. Yeah. No, that's just kind of how you processed it. If anybody ever does come back to you and say, um, you, you like severe weather, I like severe weather so that I can tell you it's coming. Now get the hell out of there. Exactly. You know what? One of the things I think that's led to one of our big fears of severe weather is, again, how many, you've lived in Toledo how long now? 10 years now. Okay. How many tornadoes have you seen in person? In Toledo? Yeah. Zero. Okay. Maybe may, may part of one that hit downtown like eight or nine years ago. Okay. 
but yet we have these giant blaring sirens yes we do that scare the you know what out of the population i i personally and professionally believe that we need to have a discussion as a community and a society about outdoor warning sirens tornado sirens i think they're antiquated i think all they do is cause panic i think they're quite frankly a waste of money at this point all they do is create undue distress in the community don't we get the the alerts on our phones anyway exactly we don't need it anymore and the siren doesn't do anything for you except make you panic right Right. whether then you grab your phone and you go and look at it that's fine but I just don't think it serves the purpose that it once did. And there's confusion. In some counties, one siren means there's a tornado warning. Two sirens means it's all clear. Those sirens can be set off by sheriff's offices or police officers or or, um, any other number of agencies who think they see a tornado. When in reality, if they consulted a meteorologist quickly, we'd be like, "Uh, no, there's no tornado there. So now you've caused panic and now there's a crying wolf syndrome. So now you've got that being perpetuated. And so I just think that maybe it's time to really sincerely talk about doing away with tornado sirens. I, it's not what you asked, but it's what no, I gave it's you. A, no, no, no. I, 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 the science of this fascinates the hell out of me. Um, I have come to believe that the seasons have shifted where and you're the scientist. You mm-hmm. tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Um, I do remember when I when I was younger, and, and look, where I grew up is not that far away from here. I you're going to get out of, your old man cane here. No, not at all, because it's weather. It happens. Um, <laughs> spring used to hit in April. Now, yeah. like, we're not clear to have nice, comfortable spring temperatures yeah. till maybe after Mother's Day. But I have noticed, even though this is a little abnormal, the last handful of years, like, everything's shifted. Um Summer used to last into October, some of the years recently. Am I crazy? I mean, I am crazy, but is there yeah. any validity to any of that? Is it just happenstance in, in the history of Earth? I think you're just probably noticing things a little bit more, more so than anything is actually <laughs> yes. shifting. Uh, we're definitely noticing the warm, quote unquote, warm season is longer. So I went back and looked at the Toledo records over the last. Um, so we have really great weather records here, all the way back to the 1870s in Toledo. Uh, the biggest thing that's shifting for us climate wise in Toledo is the overnight lows are getting significantly warmer. So um, that's that leads to less snowfall. It leads to a longer, uh, quote-unquote, warm season. It leads to more clouds in the spring oftentimes as well. So that's something that's leading to lower daytime highs, and we get that breeze off Lake Erie. Spring, has been, sucks. spring <laughs> here has been pretty dreary the last handful mm-hmm. of years. And th- these are not just like opening day memories. Yeah. Like I, I know there's been some years recently where we've gotten pretty past Mother's Day, yeah. and it's like a high of 58. And that's not what I remember from like growing up. The breeze off the lake is terrible. So if you get a, the, one of the things that I always preach is um, watch me in the winter. And if I'm talking about Lake Erie with heavy ice coverage in like March or February, get ready for a long spring because the instant it comes in off the lake, the breeze in April and May, it's going to be like a freezer. How long have you worked at TOL doing this? Almost 12 years now. Okay. What's the most significant weather event that you recall? You know, I've been really fortunate. We haven't had a, a big tornado event day, uh, thankfully, um, outside of November 17th, 2013. Uh, but thankfully, most of the tornadoes missed our area on that day. We had a couple, one in uh, 
Lake Township, very close to where the, the big Lake Township tornado hit, and a couple down south down towards Putnam County. I would probably say, oh, I know what it is for sure. The New Year's Day blizzard of 2014? Yeah. Definitely. Because we definitely I remember that because um, I. I watched the forecast and I wanted to stay close to home. So I just walked over home slice because that storm was going to happen in the middle of the night, right? It started in the middle of the night. It almost snowed for like 36 straight hours. Or that was a week later it snowed the 36 straight hours. Yeah, we got like 14 inches of snow. And then the wind chill got to like negative 48. I remember that next morning. And that was brutal when you're doing live shots outside. I think 2014 and 2015 had me almost running to... Cuba, like those were brutal <laughs> winters. Because if, if it they was, were awesome, it I think we had like like eighty some inches of snow one year. Yeah, we had eighty six inches of snow, and the the record before that was uh, nineteen seventy eight, uh, and that was seventy two inches of snow. So we didn't just like beat the old record; we obliterated the old record. And if it wasn't if it wasn't snowing, not a blizzard necessarily, mm-hmm. but at this point, like. I know we we could get three or four inches on a day. If it wasn't that, we were dealing with those bone-chilling wind chills. It was the first big time that a lot of people had heard a, a term we knew well about in the weather community, which is the polar vortex. Yeah. Dunk, dunk, dunk. You guys just made that up to scare us. Isn't that great? The Nas- I love it because the national media will catch on to some weather terms like bomb cyclone or other things. And and then we get viewer comments like, you're just hyping this up. And it's like, actually, if you go look at our weather glossaries, I can come up with a lot more cool names than that. Like we have, So we've had these terms for a long time, yeah. I think it was... It was 2016 or 2017. I can't remember which Super Bowl it was. Um, the day that that night, uh, we had a massive blizzard. Yeah. So much so. Um, I think that was 2014 again. N- no, it was a little later. later? Okay. I, I think it might have been one of the Peyton Manning Super Bowls. I, it was like 15, no later than 17. It was yeah. So early February. I remember this because. Uh, nobody was. I was living downtown. I was living yeah. in St. Clair Village. Uh, nobody was going out. Nobody was going anywhere. And I remember we had often taken the day off uh, Monday so we could just enjoy yeah, the have game. Have a good time. Yeah. I remember. Do you remember my old boss, Nathan? Yeah. Nathan's like, your uh, your off day's canceled. You're coming in here to do because <laughs> he was a a weather nerd. Like he yeah. loves severe weather. He's like, get your asses in here. What so we can come in and tell people schools are closed and no one will listen. But that night there was plowing and. So my bedroom was the other side of Home Slice's bar. I could have opened up my window and reached out and touched the piles of snow. Isn't it that awesome? Ins- no, it's not awesome at all, Ryan. <laughs> not but, at all. Okay, so you asked earlier, what do I love about the weather? <laughs> this is what I love about the weather. No matter who you are, everybody has a story, right? Yeah. Everybody has a story, and it's so vividly. It's why many people like music as well. A melody brings back a memory, and it's the same thing with the weather. You know, you think about a certain event, and you can just feel it. You were talking Mm -hmm. about reaching out the window and literally feeling that, and that was how many years ago, and it's something that'll stay with you for the rest of your life. Well, well, like I mentioned, when when I was a kid, I remember um, I couldn't wait for spring break, Mm -hmm. Easter break. It was it moved, but it was March, early April, and I remember being outside, and it was nice enough to be out playing basketball or something without a jacket on. Now, that's not possible anymore. (laughs) Now, Now, we still get those warm days. The problem is we get those warm days, and then we dive back into the northeast breeze, and it turns cruddy outside because um 
I remember last year we came very close to setting a record high. No, it was the first year of the pandemic. So 2020, the first the first spring. So 20, no, it would have been 2019 then. We had an awesome end of March. Like we were almost hitting record highs and we're like, great, at least we'll be able to, you know, with the pandemic going on, we'll be able to get outside and so do some fresh 2020. air. So 2020 yeah. then. Okay, you're right. Yeah, 2020. We, we, did, we right. did have a, that was one of the only silver linings I remember I'd leave work every day and couldn't go to the gym, but it was nice enough to be outside for a while. And then in May, the clouds came back, the Northeast breeze started up, and it was like, really? <laughs> like, really? So. I think this is my last question, but if you want to keep talking, we can do that. Yeah. Which which sev- which extreme weather um, do you find more tolerable? I personally am, am give me the extreme heat because it doesn't oh. make people drive like idiots. <laughs> like, and, I, and I always tell people, like, I never tracked humidity into my house like I would snow and salt. That's true. Um, so you're saying, would I rather have extreme heat or extreme cold? W- w- yes. Oh, probably extreme heat because even if it's extremely hot, you can go. And and this is just for me personally how I feel, not the side effects as a society. But um, you can go to a swimming pool, you can cool down, you can have fun like that. When it's cold outside, I still have fun. We go sledding, we do lots of stuff. But there's like a time limit to how long you're going to be outside. I could be in a swimming pool for eight hours and still be having a great time. Right. I'm not outside sledding for eight hours. No, no. Um. It is a dumb question, but we're getting kind of yeah. close. How will this winter be? I have no idea. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I actually haven't even. I haven't spent a lot of time looking ahead to it. Um, it looks like the rest of this month's going to be colder than normal. So the rest of October is going to be colder than normal, and there's signs that November is going to be colder than normal. The one thing I can tell you from living here long enough is, it's very difficult to have a wire to wire cold or a wire to wire warm winter. You're going to go through different spells. And typically when we get these cold shots early on, it moderates. So maybe the holidays will be a little bit warmer than people want. And then when we think we're like, all right, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, late January, February, we're probably going to dive right back into the cold. So during one of those storm years, again, another emotional recollection, Mm -hmm. what it was either 2014 or 15, we were just getting bombed. Um, I think we had set the clocks we did our clock thing, yeah, and we had had a storm that was either on that day or right after, and it was so bizarre to look outside and see massive <laughs> piles of snow, and it was still bright light outside, because usually it's the dead of winter when you see was that snow. Was this in the morning? This is all like, day. This is all day, This yeah. is like, I, I was home, it was <laughs> close to six o'clock, I look outside, the sun's setting, and there's massive piles of snow, because we had just gotten dumped on. I vividly remember in that 2014 late in the season we were getting really late i think it was even march yet and we were expecting a snow squall to come in in the morning but it was going to be like one burst and then just flurries the rest of the day so we're thinking okay we could get a quick one to two inches um and then we'll move on and as the snow squall is coming across southern michigan and moving into the Toledo metro we're like oh no like that thing means business it dropped like three to four inches of snow in one hour and it was like it's like the winter that just keeps on giving. Even yeah. as, even this thing is overproducing. So um, I do love, I love snow. I really do. But by like by like March, I'm ready for storms and, and warm weather. And by like August and September, I'm starting to be like, yeah, I kind of want some snow again. So you, you've hit me at my, I want snow time frame. I have, I have no problem with fall. I have no war on fall no, or, or anybody's uh-uh. pumpkin spice. I just know that what comes You're next. You're very basic. No. <laughs> 
and very complex. <laughs> I just know that what comes after fall and what could potentially come in late fall can be very problematic. It does cause problems, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Anything else? This is a great conversation. Did you have fun? I had fun. Yeah, I, I always like talking to my media friends. It's a blast because we're on the same wavelength. Is work stuff good? I mean, I know yeah. uh, the, the new show, uh, I know Steven's got to find a way to muster up some energy for it because it's all happy, which is just not his thing. Oh, yeah. You know Steven. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a big downer. He's seriously one of the best people ever. He he is the, the glass half full. He's the glass overflowing kind of guy. He is the person who, if you're having a little bit of a down day or you just don't feel the energy you see him and he gets you going real quick so uh steven on that we have a really good team on our morning show right now we have a really good but you're losing amy we are losing amy uh but that thing that happens yeah it It does it's this do you are you gonna you're staying here forever right in some capacity okay (laughs) as the weakman grows as the weakman grows that's right you might find me like i don't know maybe i'll just go i'll build a playground big enough with one of those little houses i'll just go sleep in it or something yeah that's what i'll do it has to be there is no little with you that's very true too (laughs) thanks for all this this was fun yeah